Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. give it up. My, some of my grandbabies were in that. So, yeah, yeah. Well, good morning, and it is good to be at Meadowbrook, and I've been part of the internet family the last few weeks, and uh, we just, uh, we've been in, in, town, in town and out of town, and uh, it is good to be back. We love where we are, and we love what we do, and so it's good to be home. I tried to take good care of you. Did you enjoy the guest speakers that we, ha- that we had? Uh, one of my personal favorites, Pastor Chad Gilligan. He didn't do a good job, my, my half-brother. And then Pastor David Murphy, uh, Dr. Kent Ingalls, and then Pastor Tommy Kalanen, Urban D from Tampa. And so um, just hit, you had four good weeks. But it is, it is good to be back with you. We're so grateful to be able to get away, and it was really, really, really good for us as well. Uh, we went to Citra. No, I'm joking. That was a joke. Uh, I got a couple of pictures just we'll kind of highlight. Like we were in town quite a bit, but to start out with, we went up near Jacksonville Beach and had uh, all my kids and those that are married with their spouses and then my two grandbabies. And that just was an awesome time. God blessed us too because we had, it was overcast and breezy almost the whole time, whole time we were there. And I loved that. One of my favorite things in life is a breeze. So that was awesome. And then we were home in and out a little bit. And then uh, last week we went, just the four of us that still live at home, we went to uh, Denver, Colorado and went uh, different areas around there. That's up at um, Hoosier Pass up on the Continental Divide near Breckenridge. And uh, we were up at about 13,000 feet. And uh, once again, we had a great breeze there, which was which was awesome. Just a wonderful trip, but I'll tell you what, I was ready to get back and uh, uh, think you were well fed while we were gone, but let's eat up today. Amen? All right. Why don't we stand together and let's pray, and we're going to dive into a brand new series this morning. Let's lift our hands to the Lord today. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for your incredible goodness to us. You're just, just overboard. You're El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. God, thank you for your love, for your patience, for your provision, for your favor, for protecting us in so many ways. And forgive us, God, when we're not grateful for all that you do all the time. Your eye is always on us. Your hand is always with us. Your favor always surrounds us. Your spirit never leaves us, never forsakes us. Your word never fails. Thank you that above everything you are, you are faithful. And we love you and thank you today. We gather together in your name. Thank you that you're here. Receive our worship, our songs, our hearts this morning. And as we have lifted you up, now we listen up. And I pray in these next few moments that we would receive holy information. 
Lord, that we would be changed, that we would be helped, that we would be informed, that we would be challenged. And God, I just pray that you'd help me through the foolishness of preaching to to convey information to your people that are going to help us now and forever. Thank you. And I pray, Lord, that when everything is said and done this morning, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, that you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Help me welcome the internet family, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. Well, we're beginning a brand new series called Gains. Everybody say Gains. Gains is kind of a, a contemporary term that has to do with, with getting fit and healthy and adding to your strength and adding to muscles, so to speak. And what we want to do in this series over this, we're going to do five weeks of gains, is we want to see how we can make gains, so to speak, become more healthy and strong and fit in these areas, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, and relationally. And so we're going to look at all of those areas. Now, I do not know of a person in their right mind that does not want to be healthy and strong and vibrant in those five areas. So it's desired by all, but what most people lack is a plan. So what we're going to do is is give you some plans on each of these, um, and they're going to be simple. I like simple. I said I like simple. That's why I had a hard time with algebra and so forth. Matter of fact, full disclosure, uh, I've got some socks on today that my sister got me, and it's got algebra (laughs) math equations all over them. It's best that that be on my feet and not in my head, right, you know? (laughs) But I simple, you know, like making change for a dollar, that kind of thing. Well, that's what we're going to do with these plans that we're going to have. And today, we're going to talk about being spiritually fit. To, be, to make spiritual gains in our life. Um, as you look at that, sometimes it might rise, well, that sounds like a lot of work. I want you to know that work is involved, but this is not works. This, this does take some effort. Uh, great author and theologian Dallas Willard had said this, and I love this quote. He said, grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning So we're not trying to earn something. We're trying to put out some effort so that we can participate and cooperate with what God wants to do in our lives and and for our lives. So all of us, the goal then would be, that we'll focus on today, is to be spiritually strong and to be spiritually vibrant. When we're spiritually strong, you're able to live a better life a more virtuous life, a more moral life, a more peaceful life, a more God-centered life. If you lack spiritual strength, uh, let me give you a few of the symptoms. You'll be irritable. You'll be weak when it comes to temptation. You'll have more insecurity than you should. Than you should. You're easily distracted, easily offended, easily discouraged. If you have any of those symptoms going on in your life, I'm, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm letting all of us know it's a sign of, of spiritual weakness in our life. 
So rather than waller in that or just accept that, why don't we move on and find out how we can make gains spiritually so that we can be strong in these things. Because we have to realize, and this is why we're starting with this, the deepest parts of you are spiritual. Now, shame on our culture today that tries to go surface on everything and discount the spiritual aspect of this. But we know better. And the deepest part of you, as a matter of fact, everything is first of all spiritual. And the deepest part of you that you must take care of first is the spiritual aspect and the spiritual parts of you. And so that's why we're going to present a plan today to help you to be spiritually fit for life, to make spiritual gains um, in your life. It will revolutionize your life. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's simple. I told you that. It's simple. I'm probably not going to tell you anything new today that you've not heard before. But here's the danger for church-going people. It's this. It's the lethal mistake of thinking that just because you know something, you're doing it. And see, a lot of times we know some things, but we're not doing them. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. But are you doing it with your grumpy self? (laughs) With your insecure, offended self? And so what we want to do is is drill down into this, and and there'll be some good takeaway. And, And honestly, there are no substitutes for what I'm going to share with you today. You cannot leave what I'm going to share with you today out and expect to have spiritual strength in your life, which is absolutely, absolutely so vital. Some people would say, well, I've tried this before. And I would say to you, well, try it again. And try it this way. Some of you would say, I have no idea how to do this. Well, pay close attention, take good notes, and you're going to walk out of here with some, with some treasure for you today because this really works. This really works And so let's apply this to our life. It's all about spending time with God. It's all about spending time with God. It's about relationship with God. If you don't have relationship with God, do you know what you have? You have religion. Religion is about God but without God. I don't want to be religious. I don't want us to come in and sing one song that our heart's not connected to and that doesn't have vibrant truth to it. I don't want us to go through the motions of anything at all. I don't want you on your daily uh, life to just add an obligation, do certain things. We want to have the presence of God, know the presence of God, and this is about spending time with God. So I've told you and told you that there are three settings that you need to get into if you're going to be healthy and whole. The first is all alone. Everybody say all alone. The second is all together. Say that. And the third is together. So all alone, and that's what we're going to deal with today, all alone. All together is like this. Uh, Together would be a a smaller group, part of a dream team, small group, whatever it would be. You've got to have all three of those settings. Today I want to deal with all alone. All alone. There's an Armenian proverb that I love that that says this. Solitude is full of God. If you're looking for God, you need to get alone and be quiet because sometimes we can't hear, see, feel him because of the noise, the bustle, the hustle, the pressure of our world around you. And you need to. And Jesus modeled this for us. He often pulled away so that he could be alone with the Father. Solitude is full of God. But we need to to spend time with God. And that's that's part of relationship. And we need to get all alone. Um, In second grade, I had a teacher... I won't tell you her name in case some of her relatives are here. 
but she was mean. <laughs> she was mean, and she was, I think, especially mean to me, and I don't know why. And I can remember times where classes in single file to go to the lunchroom, and she would walk me there by holding my ear. And I just, I just thought she's so mean. And I, I'll never forget, it was a teacher's work day. And I'm in second grade, mind you. We lived just a few blocks away from el- my elementary school. And my mom said, Timmy, where is your lunchbox? I said, I think I forgot it at school. She says, well, the teachers are there. I want you to get on your bike and go up, go up to the school and get your lunchbox. Fear gripped my heart. I felt coldness in my lungs and in my gut. And I rode my little bicycle up there because I knew I was going to have to walk into that classroom, just me and her. And I stood outside the door for a moment, and I peeked in, and then I went in and got my lunchbox. And you know what? She was the sweetest lady in the world. So I figured out from that I was not the problem. It was the other kids. But listen, you don't need to be afraid to be all alone with God because this is about relationship with God. And there's a direct link between, in relationship, a direct link between time and intimacy, time and closeness. You have to spend time with somebody in order to be close to them. And so that's what I want to move us toward in this. You must spend time with God. Now, we hear that and we know that, and the question would be then, how? How do we do this? So, it's going to be simple, but we're going to put it together and we're going to walk out of here better for it. The first thing would be this, your Bible. Bible. Everybody say Bible. Now, contrary to what some would believe, the Bible is not irrelevant. It's not outdated. It's not boring. It's not unreadable. It's not impossible to understand. The Bible is God's written communication to us. This is God's word to us. And this is his written communication to us that reveals, everybody say reveals. That word reveal actually means to pull the curtain back and to show. It's through God's word that he reveals himself, his character, his nature, his truths, his love for us, and even his plan. And I referred to it earlier during communion, but if you tend to panic in life, It's because you're not seeing the big picture. You're watching and listening and reading to too much current news. And when you read and see and hear those things, it it puts you in a state of panic. But if you can back up and see God's big picture, you don't have to panic. And so God reveals this in his word. And his word is inspired. Everybody say inspired. You know, we see things that are inspiring and people... uh, Inspired people do certain things, you know, and there are names that we know of regarding movies or music or art or uh, inventions or all kinds of things. You know, Christopher Nolan and J.K. Rowling's and John Williams and, and Walt Disney and Steve Jobs. And we could go on and on, people that have in, inspired so many things. But on a whole nother level, God has inspired his word. Look with me in 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you will. 2 Timothy. All Scripture. Everybody say all Scripture. scripture. It's the Bible. The Bible is inspired by God. It means it's God-breathed. It's exhaled by God. It's produced by God. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true 
and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. How many of you suspect you might have one or two things wrong in your life? And the Bible will help you to see that. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And so we need the Bible. As I teach and espouse, we need daily exposure to and intake of the word of God. So understand this too. Some people say, well, I've tried reading the Bible before and I got bored and I got confused. My guess on that is you started at the beginning. Because the Bible is not your ordinary book. And it's not necessarily best read from beginning to end unless you've already pieced some things together. So if you just start in Genesis, you'll get a lot out of it. But by the time you get to Leviticus, you're bored and you're confused. And you think, I can't eat shrimp anymore. (laughs) And you think if your teenager sasses you, you're supposed to take them downtown and let everybody throw rocks at them. That's illegal, (laughs) y'all. Although some of you perked up when I brought that up. (laughs) No, but here's the deal. It's it's all out of context, all out of place. You've got to remember that the Bible is actually a library of books. And so there's, there's a proper way for us to enter in and kind of put it together. And then if you want to read the Bible all the way through, you can do that. I recommend that you do, but you've got to put that in, in the right, right order here. So... The Bible, God breathed, but it's also a living book. And I want you to see this real quick. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God, the Bible, is alive and powerful. This is not a human book. It was written by humans, but it was written by humans as God moved on them in a unique and supernatural way. And then he preserved that, put that together, and today we have a Bible. And so the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It gets down in there where we can sort everything out. So get this. Anytime that you or I read or study or ponder the scripture, the Bible, God's word, do you know what we're doing? We're spending time with God. We're spending time with God. So real quick, let me show you some quick ways to do this. Because we all know that. It's like, holy duh, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. But chances are, if we all got really honest in here, and if I were to look everybody in the eye, you'd say, well, I'm not reading like I need to. And see, it's not just that you need to out of obligation. It's you need to because of the gains it will bring to you. It's not you better. No, you'll be better. If you have it in you. So here's how I would recommend, just real quick. At the beginning of the New Testament, let let me back up on this. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. New Testament was written in Greek. Chances are out of all the thousands of people that will go through our three services this morning, there's going to be a rare couple of individuals who even could crack the code halfway on some Hebrew and on some Greek. We need translations. Well, some people are stuck only on the King James Version. We need translation. That was written in 1611. Anybody here alive in 1611? How many of you know a few things have changed? Phones have changed since 1611, wouldn't you say? So much has changed. Now, when my family all started going to church, that was the Bible we were presented with. 
I learned it. I memorized some verses. I love the poetry and the rhythm of it all, but I still need some help with that. So I want to share with you some modern translations that are credible that will help you to understand God's word. First of all would be, and this is what I'm carrying with me today, New King James Version. Uh, Second would be NIV, New International Version. Also the New Living Translation and second edition on that. Uh, ESV or English Standard Version. And then if you want a good paraphrase, the Message Bible. These would be ones that I would recommend. And there's so many varieties of these. You can download these online. You can get them in print. I prefer in the morning to have a Bible that I can hold and look at and mark and everything else. If you don't have a Bible, we have carts by each of the doors. And you're welcome to take a Bible. I believe that those are New King James Version. It's what I read out of a lot here in service, you are welcome to take one. If you don't have a Bible, get one. However, if you have 12 or 15 of our Bibles, would you please bring some of those (laughs) back, okay? But the thing is that you have a Bible, get into a Bible, and again, as I said, on your tablet, on your phone and so forth, you can can also download Bibles in that way. So remember that the the, the Bible is a library of books. And so let me tell you a good way, even if you've been doing this for years, this would be good to track through again. At the beginning of the New Testament are what we call the Gospels. Gospel means good news, good news. Everybody say good news. We believe this is all about good news. And there are four Gospels written by some of the followers of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, the first Gospel, was written to a Jewish community, and there's a lot of rich detail in that. Matthew, a wonderful uh, book. Second would be Mark. Mark was very young, and so that book is full of action, and it's shorter. Luke is the third one. Luke was a, 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 a scholar. Luke also was a first-class historian. And so there's going to be a lot of detail in the book of Luke. And then John, the fourth gospel, John was more of a philosopher and he was very, very close to Jesus. And uh, John would be an incredible. Matter of fact, that would be the one I would recommend that you start in the book of John. And then Proverbs, everybody say Proverbs. Proverbs gives us wisdom on how to live our life every day. And there are 31 Proverbs. You've heard me say this before. You need to read a proverb every day. Day. Today's the 16th. You should probably read Proverbs 16. And tomorrow read Proverbs. Brilliant. And just keep, well, how long do I do that? How about the rest of your life? I've been doing it for 20 plus years, so probably longer than that. And it's just a part of, part of your day that you do that. And then close out your day, read some Psalms. Read some Psalms. They'll put courage back in you because the world takes it out of you and put it back in. Now, be careful in the Psalms, though, because if you're after courage, some of the Psalms, you know, David is complaining to God and said, God, I want you to break the teeth out of my enemy's mouth. And that's probably not a good one to go to sleep on, okay? So you can, you can change on that one. And then maybe go to the book of James. Toward the end of the, of the New Testament is a book called James. It's super practical, and it talks about real faith. That would be a great book to go to. And then kind of wander through some of the other letters or epistles in the New Testament. And then maybe you're ready to go back and read Genesis and kind of put it all together. Because get this, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And once you can put it all together right, you see the big picture. You see God's narrative. You see how it all fits together. And we must have the Bible in our lives. Amen? So when we spend time in God's word, we are spending 
time with God. And remember this, don't just read it. Let it speak to you. Don't just go through it. I, be quiet, I've got to finish my Bible reading. You need to slow down. You don't have to read a million chapters a day. I would recommend you slow down, let it speak to you, reflect upon it, and it's going to come alive for you. Next would be prayer. Prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer Prayer is simply talking to God. And it does not require that you pray for hours and hours. I I don't know if it was said when I first became a believer or I just heard it. But I had the impression that if you're a really good Christian, you prayed hours and hours every day. And I thought, I guess I'll never be a really good Christian. There are seasons of your life. There are situations of your life. There are times where you're called to pray longer. But on a day-to-day basis, typically as you start your day and throughout the day as you pray, it's conversational. It's, it's short, and it's powerful, and it makes such a difference in our life. But so many people miss out on that because of, it's been modeled wrong for them. It's been framed wrong for them, and, I, and that leads to the problem. And here's, here's the problem. The biggest problem with praying, do you know what it is? We don't. We know we should, but we don't. And so I'm calling you to pray and simply talk to God. Listen, it is is unrealistic to think you can actually be close to someone and not talk to them. Uh, Alicia and I have observed, and just recently in a restaurant at a booth kind of within my eyesight, there's an older couple sitting there. I don't think they said a word to each other. I don't think they looked at each other. Maybe, they, maybe everything's been said. I don't know. But there was no joy at table number six. And fellowship brings joy to relationship. And so if you're going to know somebody, you've got to spend time with them. But also in spending time, you've got to talk to them. And so Jesus concerning prayer, he didn't, he didn't dictate or prescribe, you've got to wear this, you've got to be there, it's got to be at this time, this position, this loud, this soft, eyes open, eyes closed, whatever. He didn't tell us any of those things, but he did give us a model. He gave us a template, uh, and we call it the Lord's Prayer. I want to read part of it to you out of today's English version, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Now listen, he's not saying pray these exact words and pray them every day. He's just saying, pray something like this. Make sure you include these kind of things in prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your holy name be honored. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive the wrongs that others have done to us. And do not bring us to hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one. And so bear in mind, he's saying, always pray and remember that he's your father, that he's God, that he's your source, that he's your help, and make sure that you give him glory and honor. Let me share with you one of my favorite quotes on prayer. Prayer keeps you humble when life seems easy, and prayer keeps you confident when life seems hard. And so whether easy or hard, prayer needs to be a part of our life so that we can stay centered up in a good way. So we've got Bible. Everybody say Bible. And we've got prayer. Now, what do we do with those? We know we're supposed to read the Bible. We know we're supposed to be in prayer. How do we put this together? Because these, there are no substitutes for these. You're not going to have spiritual gains. You're not going to be strong spiritually without God's word and without prayer. 
because it's all about time with God. How do we put that together? And here's the third part of the plan here, quiet time. Everybody say quiet time. Quiet time. Listen, that's where you get alone with God and you are still and you are quiet before him. If you want God to move in your life, could I just ask you, anybody here want God, need God to move in your life? Okay, if you want God to move in your life, it starts with you being still. I hope you heard that. If you want God to move in your life, it starts with you being still. I recommend that you do that early. And you're like, great. No, I recommend that you do it early. Listen, every person that I know or know of that I would consider, consider to be spiritually strong, every person that I know or know of that I would want them to pray for me if I was going through something, no exceptions, value and practice daily a quiet time with God. People that I know or know of that are truly have the fruit of the Spirit or are happy, stable, and fruitful, blessed, without exception, they value and practice a quiet time in their day, every day. So quickly, let me tell you how to, how to do this. First of all, set a time. Set a time. Everybody say it. Set a time. Because if you don't set a time, it won't happen. If you just say, you know, sometime today I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. I promise you there will be a conspiracy of interruptions to stop you from getting to that place. So you know what you need to do? Set a time. And again, I recommend early. Early? Yes. Let me tell you what early actually means. You ready? It means before. It means before. Before it gets crazy. Before you get depressed, compressed, confused, distracted, messed up, whatever. Before that happens, that's the time. That's the time to get that time alone with God. Set a time. Everybody say set a time. Next thing, find a place. Find a place. I have two, one of two places I'll go to in my home. I have a study in our home and then the kitchen counter. It's just a good place for me. If you're wandering around or if it's in the middle of all your stuff and gadgets, you're going to be playing with things and checking on that. Well, let me check this email real quick, Jesus. You know, you're... (laughs) You're going to be doing all, you've got to find a place. This is key that you get a good place that you can set apart that that's the place you're going to go to and meet and meet with the Lord. And then thirdly, have a plan, have a plan. That means you need to know what to do. So when you get here, have a plan. What do I do with the Bible? What do I do concerning prayer? Let me just tell you what I do, what I recommend. Start your day this way. Start your day. Get up. Take care of whatever you need to do to, you know, get your robe on, stop by the boys' room, whatever you need to do, and then make some coffee, or for me, hot tea. I start every day, Jesus, me, and Earl Grey. (laughs) Get your Bible, go to your place, and get started on this. Begin with a bow. I do. You don't have to physically bow. I do. But you can bow your heart, you can bow your, your head, and you can just say, God, thank you for getting me through the night. You're God, I'm not. You made me, I did not make myself. You take care of me because you care for me. I'm the sheep of your pasture. You're the creator, you make all things well. You're the redeemer, you make all things new. I trust you, I need you. I ask you to cover, carry, and surround my family. Cover, carry, and surround the Meadowbrook family. And Jesus, for me, you are Lord, and I'll serve you today, and I thank you that you're with me today. 
I'll tell you what, you start your day like that and, and then get into his word, pray, praise, think, read, and mix it up. The worst thing in the world to do is to be bored in the morning. So don't think that there's, I got to always do it this way. Mix it up a little bit. God's good with it. And as you do this, as you set a time, find a place, have a plan. And then there's three other things I want to make sure that you do, because if you don't take care of these things, it will stunt your growth. You're going to wonder, what is wrong with me? I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying, I'm getting up early, and still I'm irritable, I'm offended, I'm all of these things. I'll tell you what, this will stunt your spiritual gains if you don't take care of these three things. You ready? First one is cut it out. Everybody say cut it out. That means there are things that are pulling on you that you know are not holy. Things that have distracted you, things that you're intrigued by, people you're intrigued by, whatever it would be, and you're trying to hide it in your pajamas from Jesus. And you need to say, God, here's what it is. And I need your help with this. He's not going to be shocked. He already sees it. And he understands and he wants to help you. So cut it out. Don't try to hide these things from God. Jesus, you're so holy. uh, But I got something really horrible in my life. No, go ahead and get it out. Go ahead and get it out. Second thing is this, cast your cares. Everybody say, cast your cares. You're not equipped to carry your cares. Roll them over onto the Lord. There may be something that he wants you to do. But first of all, put it over into his hands. And the third, third one you're not going to like. You ready? Forgive everybody. Just forgive everybody. Just start your day out there. Lord, here's, here's what's going on in my life. Here, I cast my cares over unto you. And thirdly, I forgive everybody of everything. Because if you don't, you're going to stunt your spiritual gains. If you will meet with God, God will meet with you. You should invite him and say, Lord, please meet with me today. You seek him, you will find him. You need this time, and this time is precious to him. And there's no exceptions. There's no substitutes for these. I know you already know these things, but put it all together and do it, and God will meet you there. And one last thing, if you're not sure about any of this, I would go ahead and encourage you, go ahead and do it anyway. And start out this way and just say, God, if you're real, If you're there, if you care, let me know. I dare you to do that. He'll show up. He'll show up. Next week, we're going to talk about emotional gains, something not talked about in church enough, and it's a huge, huge issue. I want you to be strong emotionally. We'll talk about that next week. Do you get anything at all out of today's message? All right, good deal. Let's stand together. Stand together and we'll pray and then you'll be on your way. If you need prayer for anything after service, we'll have a prayer team up here. Let's go ahead and pray and then you guys have an awesome one. Lord, I pray for your people now. We are hearers, but we're not hearers only. We are doers of what we hear and we're blessed in the doing. I pray that you would remind us. I pray that you would help us, God, to follow all the way through so that all of us can start to really mark some real and lasting spiritual gains in our life. I call your people blessed today. Give them your favor. Give them your peace. So speak peace to every dwelling, every gathering. Thank you, God, for your presence in our life. We'll meet with you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed. Peace. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.